Welcome to her bit of madness. This is your host Mickey. It's been a while since I've been back. Um, <laughs> I've actually been um, going through some changes in my life, and um, I've left my job, um, <laughs> and I feel really good about it. Um, and yes, so now I'm just kind of back into doing my own things and um, creating my own businesses. And revisiting episodes that I've recorded a really long time ago.、Um, <laughs> so this episode is with Hazel Falk.、Um, she is from Hong Kong, and she has been running an initiative called Earth Farm for a while now.、Um, but、um, actually, this recording was done in March. Yes, so it was on March twentieth, I think, that we actually recorded this, and、um, we're now in August, <laughs> and I've kind of procrastinated it,、um, knowing that there was a lot of peace that I needed、um, before working on this project.、Um, and yes, so now I've gotten this episode out.、Um, she's an amazing woman.、Um, she's actually only twenty-four years old, but she has. A whole like <laughs> a project that is running, and that's super cool. And I just love it. Like I just look at it. Like I follow their Instagram, and I look at their photos, and I'm just so so.、Mm, yes, like in a very raw、um, term, like jealous. Like I just want to be there with them. Um, <laughs> I do get reminded of the days I've been on the farms in Hong Kong, and I really, really miss、um, the way that、um, the mountains just surround you, and that tranquility of just watching the—I don't know—a fish pond right in front of you, and walking in places that. You just don't know about、um, Hong Kong. Like when people think of Hong Kong, like they're like, "Oh, it's like big cities and tall buildings." It's not all that. There's really beautiful、um, rural areas in Hong Kong as well that I love, love, love to be around.、Um, so yes, so that's somewhere <laughs> to go to if you ever visit Hong Kong. <laughs> Anyway,、um, so yeah, enjoy the episode. I just finished editing the episode. It's great. I love it. I love listening to Hazel. I hope it does give you some courage、um, to jump into the unknown. Actually,、um, it's funny that I listen to it now and then realize that、um, I've been actually reading a book called Courage by Osho. So it was a book that a friend recommended on Facebook. Many months ago, and when I decided to quit my job, I was like, "I need this book. I I really need this book."、Um, <laughs> but it turns out,、um, yeah. So he talks about like how、mm, fear is only six inches deep, <laughs> and、um, yes, and so I think it kind of resonates with what Hazel is speaking about in、um, her.、Um, Interview. Yes. So please do enjoy the episode, and I'll see you at the end of it.
Hi, Hazel. This is my first time meeting you. Can you tell me more about you for those of you who don't know you? Hi, everyone. I'm Hazel. I'm a 24-year-old local Hong Konger. I recently started a project named Earth Farm, which is like a small farm located in Petham Yunlong, like a very rural area in Hong Kong. The reason I started this farm is because I noticed that there are many different ethnic communities in my neighborhood. There are the Nepalese community, the Pakistani community, and the local Chinese community, but then these communities never really cross paths. And I guess as a person who just loved meeting people, I wanted to start this farm to create like a community briefing space where people from different cultures can mingle together. But then yeah, we just see agriculture as a means to lure people in. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, so I did look a little bit into our farm. So can you tell me more about maybe you can start with telling me more about the ethnic minorities in Hong Kong. So you told me about the communities that's near um, where you live, but where are they from? How did they come to Hong Kong? Are they second or third generation in Hong Kong? Okay, yeah, so I actually at work, other than our farm, I also work with ethnic minority community. I teach ethnic minority children Chinese. So at the beginning, like like growing up, I really just see local Chinese. Like I kind of ignore the existence of ethnic minority. But then as, as I start working, I realize that like so many ethnic minorities live in Hong Kong. They are about like 10% of our population is, is ethnic minority. But we also have asylum seekers and migrant domestic workers who are from the Indonesia and Philippines. They are a huge workforce in Hong Kong. And for these ethnic minorities, many of them are first generation, second generation, there are third generation too. For ethnic minorities, like even though like 90% of Hong Kong's population is local Chinese, there are 10% of ethnic minorities. For example, people from Nepal, there are some, they work as soldiers for the British Army before Hong Kong was handed over to China. And then, for example, for Indians, they have started commercing in Hong Kong back in the 19th century. But then also, like, for people, for example, for Pakistan, like, sometimes they're father and mother worked in Hong Kong and then they have the children in Hong Kong so the kids are born and raised in Hong Kong but then like they may be like cross-cultural kids as in like they move back to their home country to study but then eventually they decided that Hong Kong was a better future for them so they would return and then they will also marry people from Pakistan whereas they bring more family members to Hong Kong with them. So it's like third generation, second generation, first generation. There's everyone's here. What is the general attitude towards ethnic minorities that local Hong Kong people have? I would say the general attitude that local Hong Kongers have is like just not interacting with them, like seeing them as kind of invisible because like the communities don't really cross paths. Like even though for the ethnic minorities community themselves, because they have been ignored for such a long time. Like they develop their own way of living. They work on certain industry, for example, like construction, logistics, like they have a stronghold on certain industries. And then like the community just keep on working in those industries. But then like, if you're ethnic minority who wants to work outside of these like industries, you want to start something new, then you have to penetrate through the local Chinese community. And that might be difficult 
And also because for ethnic minority youth, it really depends on their education that whether they know Cantonese or not. And even if they know how to speak Cantonese, they may not know how to write or read Chinese. And that will affect a lot on like their job opportunities. Local Chinese employers may not consider ethnic minority like candidates that's a good employee just because of like the Chinese skills alone. So that is a lot of barrier. There are a bit of Culturally and language-wise, there are some differences too. So I would say like these communities just don't cross path at all, even if they live side by side. And your initiative with Earth Farm. So you said you wanted to create a space in which different people love to talk to one another or they can interact with one another. How did that idea come about? And yeah, like I, I love talking to different people too. But when it comes to like, you know, like, I don't know, like people think it's really weird that I just talk to anybody, you know, like I can start a conversation with somebody I just met on the bus, you know, but like, what is it that makes you kind of want to do this project with different kinds of people? I think these kind of interaction really change people's perspective a lot. It allows them to really understand experiences that they don't have, like just to see people as human beings, but not like you know, labels as, oh, you're ethnic minority, you're a refugee, you're a migrant worker. I feel like in Hong Kong as a local Chinese, it's very privileged. And we always overlook like the difficulties or like the systematic barriers that other communities have to face. So by bringing people together, I want like on my farm, everyone is equal. And I really just want a chance for them to talk to each other. So when I was in uni, I studied English literature. And like my favorite genre is world literature, as in and diasporic literature, which is like people who go from one place to another, but then they couldn't forgot their like home countries, and then like they keep thinking about oh where's my home, what's my identity, where do I belong? So I love these kind of literature because I feel like the diasporic experience is very universal, even though like cultures are different. So. So that's why I was particularly drawn to like these communities that have a cultural dimension to it. For example, ethnic minorities, asylum seekers who are forced to leave their countries, migrant workers who have to work elsewhere to feed their family at home. So I've always been really interested in these communities. And maybe because of my language skills, I was also able to converse with them very easily. So like all it takes was just like my curiosity to talk to them. And I found it so rewarding and it really just expand my worldview so much more when I get to talk to them, like to really understand them as a person. Because I think as a local Hong Konger, like there's a lot of privilege that we didn't know. Like, oh, we didn't know that migrant workers are bounded by contract that they only have like one day of holiday a week. And then we are still complaining that, oh, they are, you know, like many people still see them as lesser or, yeah, but then there are, you know, when you talk to them, they're all college graduates. They could have been nurses. But then just being a migrant domestic worker pays better, you know. And then there are so many asylum seekers who I've met there as fashion designers. And then for ethnic minority kids, elderly, they have so much, like, maybe, for example, farming experience. And I just love learning about them. And And every interaction with them has been very pleasant because they were just... They were also in awe that, oh, well, this little local Chinese girl has so much interest in me. What's happening to her? But they're so willing to share. So I just hope that I can, you know, bring people together where, like, these meaningful conversations and understanding can happen. Maybe it's not for everyone because it's 
certainly takes a certain level of curiosity and extrovertness to be able to do that. But I just want to at least provide a space where it can happen. Because as I've said, like in daily life, there's no need for like these communities to cross paths because we all have our own way of living and surviving. But I hope I can make something outside of that that is really inclusive. That is so beautiful. When I saw Earth Farm, actually I have a friend who does farming also in Namchung, Hong Kong. I don't know if it's Namchung or Namchun now. But yeah, like I remember going to the farm like twice or thrice. And it was so lovely, like just being in the outskirts of Hong Kong. Because Hong Kong is just a really busy city. And when you're in the farm and like that whole thing that you were just talking about, about like connecting with people, it's just so beautiful you know like it's not that everybody has this kind of passion in Hong Kong I grew up in Hong Kong for what three and a half years like in total I think if you add it all up but I was there for university but when I was there I just felt like there was this general indifference towards like people who were different from them I lived most of my life in China but in an international school but when I say things like oh you know like I grew up in China people start not talking to me and they're kind of like, why should I be talking to you? And but like when they find out that actually my dad is Japanese and my nationality is Japanese, like I have a Japanese passport, then they're like, oh, like that's so cool, like you're Japanese, and like that whole like stigma based on where you're from, and like it's not even about how you look anymore. It's just like where you're from, where your passport is from, what language you speak define the kind of person you are in Hong Kong. And I think that was also really sad in some ways. I, I resonate a lot with what you said. Like, even though I am a person who likes to treat everyone as an equal, like, I definitely see, I think there's, like, this very unique Hong Kong racism, as in, like, maybe you're not saying bad words to somebody. You are not, like, it's not like you're scolding somebody, but you're just ignoring them and you're kind of ranking different ethnicity. For example, oh, if you are a Japanese Korean or like white, then maybe people are more willing to talk to you. But then when you are South Asians, like when you are Pakistani, Nepalese, maybe people are less willing to talk to you. And then if you are Indonesians and Filipinos, people just assume that you're a migrant worker. If you are Africans, they just assume you are asylum seekers and you're dangerous, you're up to no good. But also there was like the politics of like Hong Kong and mainland China playing between. Like many people, they're discriminatory to others and they assume a lot of things about others. So yeah, I definitely feel what you're saying. Thank yes, that's exactly how I feel. Like I was like, no, like. <laughs> but anyway, so I wanted to ask you why, in particular, farming. Like, why did you want to connect people through farming? So I did read a little bit the posters that you sent me, but I would like to hear from you why you chose farming. Okay, so farming is a recent interest of mine. I live in Patham for like seven years, and there is actually a lot of farmland near me. But then. For the first five years, I didn't know at all. But then like in the past two years, I've been really just going out there more, getting to know my neighbors. And then, you know, like I started to discover ways to buy vegetables in the area. Like, because there are so many small farmers nearby, it's so much more easier and cheaper and less carbon footprint 
and you know nicer to get groceries just directly from them you go to a farm you knock on the door and ask oh what do you have for me today and then you just buy it and then i also knew some friends nearby who love farming and then i start following them around i'm like oh can i come and help and then i start learning a bit it's definitely hard work i think right now like as a city person maybe at the beginning i romanticize about farming too much but definitely when you start getting your hands dirty you're doing all the hard work you're digging the ground that's really tiring but you see substantial change because like the landscape you when you dig the ground you dig the ground so like you know i think that's feels very rewarding and that is a really different way from like our daily lives because at work you could be doing a lot of paperwork but you don't know what you're doing or you feel like like that kind of means nothing but then when you're at the farm you did something you build a shed you water the flowers and the flowers grow it's kind of like a different i don't know it's really like a different reward system in a sense but it just felt much better to be on a farm and then <clears throat> so for me agriculture is just a means for me to connect to people as i've said like the ethnic minorities migrant workers as i talked to like they all have farming experience back uh, in their home countries initially oftentimes when i met them it's kind of awkward i don't know what to talk to them but now that i start farming i just ask them like oh what are the you know most common crops in your place and then like uh, back in your home country or back in your hometown and then they just have so much to tell and then they'll teach me about the crops they have the culture the food they eat because it's related to what they farm and then they could tell me about the climate they could tell me about like how the culture of the village or their town is so i just feel like it's such a good conversation starter with everyone and as soon as i talk more to them about it some of them often tell me like that they miss doing that so that is when i think i may be able to do something about it because i know some farming friends Uh, nearby so i just kind of secure a land from a friend because like their land law forces them to rent such a big space but then they don't have all the time to open up all the area so they just sublet a part to me and then i was like oh i actually have the resource to make it happen so i i just told the ladies and like the uncles do you want to farm in hong kong do you want to farm nearby and then they were like oh he's like i'm down and then okay okay so i'll go ahead with this so i just secured the land and then i invite all these auntie uncles and ethnic minority youths to come and help and farm oh yeah like actually i saw you mentioned that they have different stories about the different kind of crops and food what is one of your favorite stories that you've heard about like a certain kind of crop. Yeah, they definitely have a lot of stories to offer, but those are not like it's more like they tell me about their practices back home. Like when I show them my farm, which is super small. Okay, it's, it's around uh, 5,000 square feet in Hong Kong. I don't have a very exciting story from them, but it's just nice to hear them sharing their farming techniques and just really they they will tell me like how the farm looked like and help me visualize it. So I think I always find it very fascinating when I get to know what their farm looks like back home. So for example, this Pakistani lady Bano, she told me about her cornfield back in Pakistan. When she saw my farm, so I brought her to my farm and it's so small, it's 5,000 square feet. which is super small and then for farm and then she was like oh it's so small like back in my home i have tractors you know like oh and then it's so big you couldn't see the end of it like, what 
But yeah, it's just so funny and interesting to hear them sharing these. Yeah, in the future, I long to know more stories about them. But for now, these little conversations already made me really happy. Wow. Like, imagining 5,000 square feet is actually quite big, no? Like, is that like a size of a football field or something? Or... I have no idea how the measurements are. <laughs> I have no idea too. I'm not sure about a football field, but certainly not small. But then like when you start farming, you realize like, I mean, by Hong Kong standard, 5,000 square feet is a luxurious mansion or something. But in terms of farming, you know, like 5,000 square feet is really small. I also realized that only when I started, because at the beginning when I was asking my friend to sublet a part to me, and then she was like, okay, you, you can use from here to there. And I was like, wow, that's so big. It's so nice. You're giving me so many land. But then when I start digging the ground and I start zoning, and then I was like, oh, I only have like six rolls of place where I can farm. It's so little. And then now that you know the growing cycle of different crops, so for example, for a pumpkin, if you want to plant pumpkins, you have to put each seed more than a meter apart because they need space to grow. And then that's when you count, okay, if I want to grow pumpkins, oh, one meter, one meter, one meter, one meter, and okay, oh, I can only grow 10, you know, like, you know, that when you start calculating in a farming way, and then you're like, oh, this is too small, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that that is. I've actually, I have a little balcony here and I was thinking of growing some things. But I was like, ah, yeah, I want to grow pumpkins one day. I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. I only have like two meters in my balcony. Like, <laughs> yeah, so. All right, then I'll ask you some questions about you yourself, actually. So I would like to know more about you because, yeah, in general, we tend to kind of focus on the social cause or social problems more than the person or the people who are working with the social problems or the social causes. So, oh, let's see. What is one of your favorite words? Community is a word that really fascinates me uh, because growing up in Hong Kong, I'm the only child. And my parents, they were pretty introverted. Like growing up, I never had, you know, a big group of friends to hang out with. And my parents, they are middle class. So like they don't need others help. There is really no sense of community. I never know what it looked like. And then I remember when I saw some of my secondary schoolmates, they go to churches and then they talk about what they do on Sunday. And I was like, oh, that's cool. How can you hang out with so many people? But of course, like, I am not religious, so I didn't do that. But, you know, somehow I've always longed for a community. And then I guess my experience in uni really just brought me to think of how to broaden the meaning of the community. There are different communities, and I just find out that, like, these communities don't cross paths. But then I think they should understand one another, the difficulties of one another, and to support one another. Communities should cut across different divides like for example, race or, or language or culture or class. I really hope to nurture a really inclusive community where like people are understanding one another. I have my vision of my own community and I just want to make it happen. I am on my way to it. Yeah. I wish I could explain a bit better because I feel like community, there are different forms of community, but oftentimes when people are really just devoting for one another, Maybe it could be like ethnic minority groups where like there are 
standing up and protecting and helping one another. Or like maybe among local Hong Kongers, I would think maybe it's religious community. Or, well, for example, political movements, we do create communities out of them. But I also wonder what are the other possible ways of community? And as I believe that everyone should be equal, maybe I can sort of find a way to create another different community, like try different ways of making a community. Agriculture was one of the ways that I am trying to see if it will work. I remember like I was really confused about my belonging at some point. And one of my teachers, he sent me this video by Sadhguru. I don't remember what he exactly said, but it was just basically like, oh, like you have to create your own belonging. And I was like, oh, that's so true. Yeah, and that's what you're also talking about now in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And ooh, and what sound or noise do you like the most? I like the voice of birds chirping. So I feel like recently I've been on my farm so much that I grow so attached to it. I really love the sound of it. It's so tranquil. There are the birds, they're so loud. And at home or in the city, you never really appreciate how birds uh, chirp. But then when I was at the farm and I was just doing some work and then resting, and then you can always hear that one bird like really singing some melody. It's like, like chirping it's so funny but yeah i i definitely love the sound of it i love the sound of nature and this project really brought me to understand what's one of the biggest areas related to your role that you are curious about at work i definitely want to learn more about agriculture because i am interested in this area and it's so huge because now that i saw farming i start to you know learn different practices in farming like organic or traditional ones like from japan there is something called natural farming yeah there are many different ways and i am long to learn more about that mm, but then also another area that i thought of is really just dealing with conflicts or to negotiate because even though agriculture was the reason i started it wasn't the most difficult for me right now I feel like the biggest challenge for me right now is to please both, like the participants of my project, ethnic minorities, youth and elders, as well as the villagers nearby. Because the villagers, they're mostly local Chinese and they, you know, they have different concerns about my project because my project brought people into the village as in we have to walk past the village into our farm. Little conflicts arise here and there and I'm still trying to learn of what's the best way of dealing with it. Because on one hand, I don't want to anger anyone or I don't want to stomp on anyone's ground and make anyone uncomfortable. But at the same time, I want to assert myself because my community is here to stay. We're not here to harm anyone. We just want to create a community here. Sometimes um, some villagers, like they will say like, Ooh, don't park your car here. While the villagers, they are not malicious or something, but there is definitely a certain sense of defensiveness and hostility that's there. And, you know, um, working with ethnic minorities, now I sort of suddenly came to realize, like, the challenges that they have been growing up. When village, some villagers complain to me, I would wonder, are they being racist? Or they would say the same to a local Chinese. 
my brain tuned into the part where I, I wonder if things are racist and I wonder if I need to assert myself and protect my project participants. But at the same time, I don't want to you know, overstep the boundaries. This is the biggest challenge for me because growing up, I've always been, you know, I love talking to people. I'm very catering to everyone. But at this time, I feel like I'm creating this project for social inclusion. So I do want to see some change in different groups. I don't just want to, you know, please everybody. So what are the ways to balance that? These are very practical problems that I'm facing. I am not good at that, definitely. So I'm still learning about it on how to assert myself properly. It's a challenge in a society like Hong Kong, though. Yeah. It is a challenge anywhere, though, to be honest. Like, look at Japan. Japan's not doing any better. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a really big division with ethnic minorities. But, you know, in the past, because I am a local Chinese, right? So I didn't have any of these problems. So honestly, nobody ever complained about me at all. Whenever things happen, because I am a girl, because I'm local Chinese, problems just get solved really quickly with an apology. But now that I am carrying this team with me, this project with me, there are different challenges coming up. And I guess I'm just thrown to this position where I have to really think of what are the best way to deal with things, which were like experiences that I never had before. I appreciate it, though, because I think these challenges could turn into something beautiful eventually when we rip off that. Mm, that's actually something that, do you know Innocent from CHK2? So when I interviewed him, I remember he was saying like, oh, all conflicts are like opportunities. Like it's where like you get so much learning. And I'm like, oh, that's so true. I never thought that I would because there are not things that I have to struggle with before. I am also happy that I get this experience because now that I have these experiences, I can also understand minorities, all these other marginalized groups, like daily experience more. Like I can, I don't just know it, I can feel it too. What is your bit of madness? What is something that you think is a little crazy about you? I think my bit of madness is being very ideal and being willing to achieve it even though I'm very scared. Yeah, like you felt really scared of starting this project. Yeah, I was scared because I don't have much experience. I am not the kind of person who is very stern. Like I'm too catering. But then now I'm at a sort of leader position where I need to make things work and make sure everyone is okay and happy so it was a responsibility that I wouldn't have thought I would shoulder. But now that I started this project, I always just tell myself, like, just do it. Like, now that it's here, just try my best. So um, powering through it. Yeah, because, like, all of these territories, like, all of the areas covered in this project are something that I've never done before. Like, farming, I have very, very little experience. On ethnic minority... I only get to know these com this community in the past year. I grew up as a local Chinese. And then, like, for dealing with villagers, you know, all the little negotiations, that is also not what I'm good at. So I feel like I'm really throwing myself into, I don't, like, the unknown. And I must admit that I'm scared a lot of times. But 
Yeah, I feel like throughout the process, even though it's just the past few months, I have become more courageous. If people want to reach out to you, how do they do so? For my project, we have an Instagram. It is earthfarm underscore. So whoever is interested, earthfarm, whoever is interested and is in Hong Kong, farm is starting like a youth fellowship where I hope to engage youth of different ethnicity to come and learn farming together. So we have a youth fellowship from April to July where we will farm from sowing and then we'll harvest together. And then for elderly, ethnic minority elderly, we also have an elder fellowship for them to get a little plot of land. But in exchange, they must help to teach the youth how to farm. So yeah, we have these two projects going on. And hopefully in the future with our produce, we will make some food that are both suitable for like, and hopefully in the future, we will build our own brand of food. We want to make some sauces, pickles, and condiments that suit the taste of local Chinese, but also with added ethnical flavors, you know, by all my ethnic minority participants. So, yeah, hopefully people can taste it and you can understand more about different cultures through the food we produce too. Okay, so that's something I totally look forward to when I'm back in Hong Kong. I'll be like, can I just pick some from your farm? <laughs> yes. Thank you very much, Hazel, for your time today. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Mickey. I hope you enjoyed our episode with Hazel. Um, you can follow her work on Instagram at earthfarm underscore. Um, that is E-A-R-T-H-F-A-R-M underscore yes please make sure you do follow her page i love their work i'm always liking all their posts <laughs> and the next episode will be with kendi um, from hong kong from an organization called action for reach out i used to volunteer and intern there um so yeah so please do look forward to the next episode and make sure you leave a review, a five-star review, possibly, <laughs> for the work that is done here on whichever channel you're tuning in from. All right, then. I'll see you next time.